It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is the idea of a career red something that even matters anymore? And if it does matter, then is there somebody on this team right now that could be the next one? We're going to tell you on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, and my name is Jeff Carr. His name is Steve Offenbaker, and we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team and to information for you. want to thank you for making Locked On Reds part of your day and listening to us talk some Reds. We are going to be with you all throughout the year. We are with you all throughout the year, all throughout the offseason. As news comes along, as news doesn't come along, we're talking Reds baseball and getting you set for one of the most anticipated seasons in my lifetime. It is an honor to have you here because Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team, your Cincinnati Reds every single day. And if you're an everyday or on the show, I want to thank you because you are what helps this show go. And let us know down in the comments section if you are an everydayer. And, and, and speaking of the comments section, love to see your thoughts on this because we have a discussion coming. We're going to talk about the idea of a career red. I, I, I feel like this discussion is talked about quite a bit, and especially when it pertains to a certain player, uh, it, it really comes up quite a bit this offseason, a little bit more than I really thought it would. We're going to dive into that. We're going to talk about why the Daniel Duarte trade, that's right, pretty innocuous trade, really shows a huge part of this front office's plan and uh, we'll look at the international signings and the fact that we are 71 days away from opening day. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Reds part of your day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. And where we will start today, Steve, is, is with this idea because... I have been asked, and quite honestly, more times than I thought by folks this offseason, what is the path for Joey Votto to return to the Reds? My answer is always the same. It is the same as what it has been. We, we've talked about this on live shows. We've talked about this uh, on multiple occasions, that as much as we would love to see it, we just don't see an objective plan for there to be Joey Votto in a Reds uniform in 2024. And the biggest reason why everybody wants to know that is because they wanted to retire Red. I would have loved to have seen that. You would have loved to have seen that because that would have mean uh, would have meant that he would have been career Red, something that does not happen very often. Why is that such a big part of our brains as fans? I think, Jeff, that that's people hanging on to the, to old baseball, to mm-hmm. baseball of yesteryear. And... Uh, to your to your quickly to your point about Joey Votto coming back to this team, we outlined the only way that it's even an inkling of a possibility, and that's for him to be the Jose Barrero of the team. 
and he can't be the Jose Barrero of the team because he only can play first base in DH. Uh, I outlined a lot of reasons why Jose Barrio, Jose Barrero is in a good spot to be the 26th man over at InsideTheReds.com. If you want to go check that out, it kind of paints a good picture of why Barrero is positioned well. Votto's not going to replace those tools. So I think everyone's hung up on the baseball of days gone by. Uh, the simple fact of the matter, you asked me a question while we were prepping, and we should do that just right here on the show during this segment. You said to me, name the career Reds. And you and I are both yeah. like Gary Larkin, yep. Johnny Bench. Yep. And then we ran out of names. <laughs> okay, because it's, it's, it, we're, we're want to think that, you know, Joe Morgan and, and Pete Rose and, and Eric Davis and all these different guys were career Reds. And I even, I even threw out the name Sean Casey. He didn't even finish his career as a Red. And you have to go back years. I mean, years and years and years before the idea of a career Reds event. Reserve clause. You have to go yeah. back to the reserve clause and fi to find the next career Reds. When it was not fair to players, players did not have control. Like the reserve clause for, for those of you that don't know a little bit of baseball history, there used to be a rule that basically once you were part of a team, you were on that team until the owner of said team didn't want you anymore. That would trade you. And that that's still why when you go back into history and you look at the Babe Ruth trade, like the, 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 the Red Sox trading him to the Yankees. That's why that trade is still so ridiculously insane because back then they didn't have to do that. There was no such thing as like arbitration and all this other stuff. Players got paid what players got paid until the owners didn't want to pay them anymore or thought they were washed up and got rid of them. So that is when the idea of career, you know, reds or career, whoever, whatever team they played for was really plausible in this baseball where we are right now, the way that financials work, I mean, way free agency works, the way that, you know, you have your teams that are small market and you have your teams that are big market. It just doesn't work that way anymore. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I mean, that's not to say that there aren't guys on this team that I would love to say, make that guy a career red. And you know exactly who I'm going to say that they should lock up right now and make them uh, give them a whatever year deal. And that's Matt McClain. Put the C on his chest, make him your guy, make him the face of the franchise, sign him to a 20 year contract. I don't care. Uh, I think right. that guy's going to be spectacular until he decides he doesn't want to play anymore. But you're right. That's not modern baseball. That's not how things are done right now. Uh, you ask another interesting question, and I think it, it blends in nicely right here, Jeff. Um, you asked all your good questions before we were recording. And, and that was, does, does would the Reds look back at that Joey Votto contract that they thought was going to make him a career Red, which that was – that was kind of how it was pitched, right? And and that was kind of how it was sold to the fans. Well, and had they picked up the option, probably. It probably would have, right. Do the do the Reds view that contract as a success? And I'm interested, you know, since you kind of you kind of were leading this charge uh, in prep, I, I turn it to you and then I'll, and I'll answer back after. I think, and, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot this offseason because you and I have been staunch defenders. There's been plenty of staunch defenders of Joey Votto 
throughout his career because there are so many people that get it misconstrued and say that he was the reason that the Reds could not compete in free agency. He was the reason that the Reds could not build a team around him. And that was by choice from the team had nothing to do with him. He signed it on the dotted line and got paid. That's all he got. And, and when it came to that aspect of it, I think this was not a success because the Reds were able to use this as an albatross and a reason as to why they couldn't go out and add the things that they needed to add. You go back to, you know, 2011 and going into 2012 and going to 2013, all the different needs that they had when they were a really good team, but they still had flaws that need to be fixed and they just didn't fix it. They were just like, yeah, whatever. You know, we, we don't have the money to do that because we're paying our superstar so that he can be here for the rest of his career. And I feel like because of that, they will look at this. They will say, number one, it was not a success. And number two, because of that, we will never do it again. So I agree with you. They'll never do it again. And that has nothing to do with Joey Votto or how he performed. That has everything to do with the Castellinis and, and how they're willing to spin. And now they've got a, a president of baseball operations that's figured out a way to work within their confines. So no, they'll never go back to signing a guy to a deal like they gave Votto. The fact of the matter is they gave Joey Votto a deal that his production over the course of the deal, he outperformed the deal. They they got a steal with Joey Votto. They got a hometown discount and didn't even know it when they signed it at the time. Uh, Joey Votto's numbers were spectacular. Uh, was it a success? Yeah, you know, it gave the Reds a guy that's a Hall of Famer, and he is a Hall of Famer. Do not come at me yes. in the comment section about him not being a Hall of Famer. They gave the Reds a player that is a Hall of Fame player for the majority of his career. He played in Cincinnati, and he was the face. He was the only. He was the bright spot in a decade that was lost to the Castellini's greed, a decade that was lost to their unwillingness to do the things they said they were going to do. Joey showed up every day and did exactly what he said he was going to do. That deal was a success for the team because they got a Hall of Famer for cheap. That deal was a success for the fans because they got to watch a Hall of Famer day in and day out. The only person it wasn't a success for was Bob Castellini's bottom line. So for me, this deal is successful. It did, do, it did nothing to hamper the Reds. All of the hampering came from the top down. So I, I view this deal as a success, Jeff, but I agree with you. They won't do it again because the Castellinis have figured out a better for their bank account business model. Yeah, and I, I think because of that, we're not going to see any career reds anymore. I, I don't think that is a thing. And to be honest with you, I mean, if you you consider some of the best players in baseball for any franchise, I mean, think about Freddie Freeman. If there was ever going to be a career player for a team, it was going to be Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. Uh, his agent got fired for that, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, and he did. And it, I mean, that's the reason for it. Like, I'm sure Freddie Freeman loves the fact that he's on just the super team of super teams right now. But the process to get there was quite painful because dude want to stay in Atlanta. So I, I, I really feel like the idea of career whatevers just is, is not a thing anymore. And I, I feel like as much as we would love to see the fan side of it and bring back Joey Votto, have him retire a red, it's just not going to happen. Well, well, here's here's the, the simple truth, Jeff. Here, here's a little amazing factoid. Unless the climate in baseball changes and the financial model shifts, and we've talked about what that will look like when it finally does. Uh, if that doesn't happen, the history books may record that Barry Larkin is the final career 
Cincinnati Reds player. That's true. All right, coming up. How does trading Daniel Duarte for cash, cash, stone cold cash, give us a better view of the big picture for the Reds? Well, we're going to tell you coming up next. Before we get to that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by FanDuel. You can score big time with the remaining NFL playoff games over America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's right. Just throw $5 at a bet. Any of the NFL games coming up and you get $150 bucks back in bonus bets if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action than right now the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options from spreads to player props to over-unders Jeff's personal favorite and so much more you can also combine prop bets on a game into a single game parlay for even more fun uh, don't miss out on an opportunity right now to put your sports knowledge to work and put some cash in your pocket visit FanDuel the official partner of the National Football League and the official sports book of Locked On. Today's episode is also brought to you in part by Ibotta. The new year for many people means resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return. Start getting cash back on every purchase you make with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies, all the way to toys and electronics. So you can make sure you're beating the inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or the App Store and use the code LOCKEDONMLB. Wow, Jeff, you spelled really good. The folks in Alabama must be so, so proud. And Kentucky. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 streaming channel right here on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of the Locked On Network, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up for you guys on this here podcast, Locked On Reds. Uh, I'm going to keep a little bit of it. Uh, and build the suspense, but uh, you know, there's some players coming, huh, Jeff? There is. Uh, we've actually got a prominent member of the bullpen that will be joining us, uh, should be early next week. All right, you know who's not a prominent member of the bullpen, Jeff? Daniel Duarte. He was shipped away for a dollar ninety-five, and a, no, it wasn't a dollar ninety-five. He was <laughs> traded away for cash. This was a move, you know. I, Kudos to the Reds for getting something for Duarte because he was the guy that was going to lose his spot on the 40-man anyway when they signed Brent Suter. So uh, this was this was good baseball business by the boys in the front office, I think. Were you about to say that they were getting like a really good coupon on the McDonald's app there? It, like it was, maybe they got to buy one, a, get one on the Big Mac or something? It was. Somebody won on a scratcher, man. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Maybe they won the Monopoly thing. I don't know. Uh, no, when it comes to this trade, Daniel Duarte for cash, uh, Duarte was DFA'd 
on Saturday to complete the Brent Suter contract uh, signing. So he was he was kind of out there. And and what happens just to kind of give you a quick uh, rundown of DFAing when you designate a player for assignment, you either put them out there for a trade or you put them on unconditional release waivers. So since he wasn't on waivers, there were teams that could trade for him. The Rangers wanted him. They sent cash back. And yes, I hear all of the jokes. Cash is quite a lefty, got a nice curve, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, but at the end of the day, this trade shows me the confidence that the Reds front office has in their depth. Think about what the Reds have been doing over the last few years, especially when it comes to the bullpen. They've been throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. In fact, Daniel Duarte was one of those uh, one of those things that they threw at the wall last year to see what stuck. I mean, dude pitched 31 and two-thirds innings. And, and we always say this, I always try to say this on the podcast. When you look at his stats, you will say you will see the appearances, the innings, and the ERA. And you're gonna look, well, he was pretty good. How do you give up a guy that had a 3.6 ERA? Let me tell you something else. Dude had a K to walk ratio, strikeout to walk ratio of almost one. He had 23 strikeouts compared to 20 walks. That is That's not good. good. Nope. That is not good. And then on the other side of that, because of that and other things that were involved, his fielding independent pitching, his FIP, which is a indication of where his ERA should have been, was over five. So dude was getting very lucky and it was probably coming sooner or later that we were just going to see that there's a reason that he didn't get as many, many more opportunities than we thought. I was the person that kind of stood on a table last year and said, Hey, I kind of like to see some more of this guy. And the more that I look at his numbers, I'm like, Ooh, I would have been very disappointed. You know, I, I think you're spot on with this. This speaks volumes for how the reds feel about their bullpen depth right now. You know, you and I did an episode last week where we talked about the the eight bullpen slots and the guys that were going to be basically forced to start the season, probably at triple a Louisville and, and yeah. fight their way back into the bullpen. And Daniel Duarte's name really never came up. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're looking at the depth pieces, there was three, four, maybe even five guys that are going to start down in Louisville that would be ahead of him on the depth chart down there. So for him to get to Cincinnati, he was very, very expendable. They needed the 40-man roster spot. I loved that they got a little bit of money back into the system to do whatever they're going to do with it um, and really just kind of roll forward with this new bullpen. I was thinking about this uh, on a drive earlier today, Jeff. You know, They have dramatically overhauled this bullpen, really. Um, the If you count Buck Farmer as being an addition you know, by re-signing him, maybe. Addition by not subtraction. Yeah, four slots. You know, they have they have done something with four available slots in the bullpen between uh, Emilio Pagan and Nick Martinez and Brent Suter and bringing back Buck Farmer. That's half of the bullpen already. And then when you factor in that you still got Lucas Sims and you still got Alexis Diaz, now you're up to six. And it just there just was no room for this. And I I I really like Nick Crawl's ability to squeeze a little something out of nothing. And I think that's what he did here. No, I, I 100% agree. And when you when you even think about the improvement of the bullpen by adding something it didn't have, by adding those multiple innings guys and Suter and Martinez, it just really has transformed what was something that we said was a sneaky strength of the team last year 
it has now become an even more solid group of pitchers. And I think that David Bell is going to have a lot of guys that he can rely on. You're going to see some days, you know, relief pitchers, relief pitching is a fickle thing. I've said it many, many times. Everybody's going to have their bad days. Alexis Diaz had his bad days last year. Lucas Sims had his bad days. It happens. But for the most part, this unit, this, this bullpen group is going to put together day in and day out consistent performances that David Bell is going to be able to count on. And I think that it's just, it's, it's underscored in the fact that they were able to trade away a guy who gave him 31 and two thirds innings for cash. This isn't even one of those, like, you know, uh, 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 un or player to be named later or cash. They're just like, no, we're skipping the player to be named later part. We're just going to take the cash in this instance. And who knows? Maybe, I mean, we never know exactly how much a team gets in these trades, but maybe it, I mean, the Reds have always said there is, you know, a, a nonprofit organization. Uh, so they will reinvest it in some way. Maybe it's, uh, maybe for better s'mores fry box. Oh my God. You and your fry box. No, you know, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, Jeff, um, it's going to be fun. Uh, we look yeah. at this bullpen now on paper and for the last several years, I know you and I both have done this. We run through that list of names on paper and we're like, Oh God, if this guy pitches a lot and this guy pitches a lot, we're in trouble. And if, and if that guy pitches a lot, we're really in trouble. And you look at this list of names now and you know, top to bottom one through eight in the bullpen. I'm like, I'm okay with whoever yeah. David Bell points to to come into a game, even in Gian, Ian Jabot, because I think he'll be used in the correct situations now uh, should he make this bullpen, because uh, there is going to be a little competition. But even him, use him in the earlier innings, I think he could be very effective and very useful for the Reds. I, it's, it's, it's been a long time since we've started a season and had a group of bullpen pitchers where, you know, I wasn't stressed out a little bit when, when they broke camp in Goodyear. And I think I'm going to be pretty happy with this pitching staff when it heads North. Yeah. It's uh, there's no longer where you got to be like, well, if you look at the bullpen roster and like you hold it sideways, you turn the lights off and you squint really hard. You could see a productive unit. No, it's not the way anymore. The Reds have a good bullpen and it's kind of talking about that excitement. We're 71 days away which means we're going to look at a couple. There's actually multiple players who wore the number 71 in Cincinnati Reds history. And before we talk about that, we've got international signings to get to because the Reds added some future talent to the organization that is coming up next. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about another sponsor for today's podcast because today's episode is brought to you in part by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for those tough situations? Whether you're on extended travel, racing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics like Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $20 off 
your order. Again, that's jasemedical.com and the promo code locked on. You can follow the show in between episodes. You can follow us on Twitter, X, whatever, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Also, make sure you bookmark InsideTheReds.com. Steve, myself, Austin Elmore, Rick Uccino, James Rupin, we're all writing about the Reds over at InsideTheReds.com. Got a little bit about the international signings that the Reds had and the Daniel Duarte trade over there. Uh, Steve's got a great article about Jose Barrero, which I believe that we'll kind of dissect and talk about a little bit more on the next episode of Lockdown Reds because... I mean, he is the last man on the bench, but he could be an interesting part of this roster. But more so, this is kind of his last hurrah for the Reds. Um, he's got a great article breaking all of that down over there. And you can join the Locked On Reds Discord page. If you're an everydayer, you will love it. We've got everydayers on there talking Reds baseball every day of the year in between episodes as well. All right, Steve, the Reds signed 17 players uh, out of the international prospects pool. This was an interesting day for the Reds. They were very busy. And And I love that we're we're 71 days from opening day, and it's 17, 71, swap, switch. I I like that. It's nice. There's nice. There's nice symmetry there. A little bit of a little bit of switch around there. Um, And, and, you know, this is an interesting thing because when it comes to international prospects, it's very easy to get carried away, especially with scouting reports and saying, man, this guy's got these, this tool and he's really good at this and all this other stuff. Most of these guys are 17. So in the grand scheme of things, we're not going to see them for a long time, but here are, here's the list. If you're on YouTube, you can see the list of players. Not going to go through every single name, mostly because some of them I could not find pronunciations for, and I don't want to butcher them. But the two names to know are Adolfo Sanchez and Nabil Mariano. Nabil Mariano is a shortstop, and Sanchez is a center fielder, at least currently listed from those two positions, both from the Dominican Republic. The reason I notate them, they are the big signing bonuses. You, you, we talk a lot. And, you know, when, when you uh, look at, you know, the story of Ellie De La Cruz and stuff like that, we talk a lot about how his bonus just didn't even register. The Reds barely signed a, a signing bonus to Ellie De La Cruz. They gave 2.7 million to Adolfo Sanchez and 1.65 million to Mariano in both of these signings. And while, you know, the scouting reports and things like that may say one thing, uh, our, our friend Doug Gray over at redsmeyerleagues.com always says, follow the money. That's where the Reds think that they're really signing some big guys. I, I like the signing of Adolfo Sanchez. I, you know, 2.7 in, in million in bonus money in the grand scheme of things is really not all that much for the team to part with. Uh, MLB Pipeline has Sanchez rated as uh, in the top five. So this is, this is a big deal for the Reds. I I like that signing. Uh, I try not to get too excited about these kind of signings because it's going to be a long, long time before we see any of these guys. They probably open things up in the Dominican summer league. That's probably where they're going to be playing. They're going to have to earn their way even to get to the, to the rookie leagues in Arizona. So it's going to be a while, but I do like that the Reds are going out and getting athletes. I've seen a lot of people throwing up the flag of why in the world are they signing more shortstops? 
That's because those are the most athletic dudes on the field. Center field and shortstop, they are athletic. They can run. They can move around. They have range. They can cover ground, folks, and you can move them around to different spots if you need to. Uh, many a shortstop has been converted to other positions and to pitchers and a, a lot of things that can benefit the Reds down the road. So just because the 17-year-old is playing shortstop in the Dominican doesn't necessarily mean by the time you even see him on the radar in Daytona that they'll still be playing that position. So I like that the Reds went out and signed talented athletes. I'm good with that. Yeah, and we've seen in the past that it's far easier to move a shortstop to third base than it is to move a third baseman to shortstop. It just doesn't Leave work as Gino well. alone. You stop. You stop. But you're right. I mean, like looking at this breakdown again, the way that the Reds signed there, I mean, they had a third baseman in there. They had a catcher in there. But for the most part, it's middle infielders and center fielders. And there was one corner infielder. Uh, or corner outfielder, I'm sorry. And then you had uh, some right-handed pitchers as well. Uh, yeah, like best case scenario, these guys are in the complex league by the end of the season. And there were some good scouting reports for the hit tools on both the two bonus guys and Mariano and Sanchez. That's something that's going to develop as they go along, but both of them are pretty tall guys as well, so they're going to be able to develop a pretty nice swing in the pros. Uh, looking forward to seeing how they develop. I mean, the Reds have had a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to the international prospects because, you know, obviously there's the Aroldis Chapmans of the world, Jose Barrero actually making it to the major leagues. Like, like this, this list of 17 players that the Reds have signed probably – 15 of them, maybe even 16 of them, we won't even hear again. Like that that's just how the game I was of baseball. Just gonna say, you you read my mind. I was just gonna say if two of these yeah. dudes hit, that's beyond expectation. So uh but you know, these guys haven't put on a uniform for the Reds, Jeff. They they are a right. long way away. But we are 71 days as of today away from the season getting underway. And that lets us talk about the best red to ever wear number 71, the man who one May generated hours and hours and hours of content for me and you, that is Connor Overton. Let's talk about that for a minute because think about where hope was last offseason, right? Hope last offseason was, well, man, Connor Overton – he had four really good starts and he could be like a, a sneaky, maybe number five pitcher for this rotation. Like they might have something here. Thank God. That's not where hope is right now. <laughs> We've come a long way, baby. A long, long way. He wasn't the only guy to wear number 71 though. Yeah, and um, I, I um, shout out to our friend, and, and, and it's guys like this that always make me think of our friend uh, Ken at Obscure Former Reds on Twitter. If you're not following him, you should follow him. He's, he's a lot of fun to follow. And just to see whatever you know authentic jersey he picks up from the Reds game or from Reds Fest or something like this. But I would be really curious, and Ken, you got to be absolutely honest with me because he remembers the most obscurest of obscure Reds. But do you remember Juan Seros? Juan Seros from the 2003 Reds made 11 appearances. I don't remember this guy. I, I really don't. Like, I mean, 11 appearances. Ken probably has his jersey. He's going to tweet out a picture. 
probably does. And, and, and he was one of those guys. And this is where, this is where someone probably entered the career red conversation and said, well, yeah, there's plenty of career reds. They came up, they pitched a couple of games and nobody else wanted them because <laughs> so, Saros was one of those guys. He pitched 11 appearances for the Reds in 2003, and he never pitched again in the major leagues for anybody, including the Reds. Um, so, yeah, that, that doesn't count to the whole career Reds conversation. But, yeah, your two guys who wore the number 71 as we are 71 days away from the most, I'm going to say it, and we're going to say it multiple times between now and then, so I hope you guys don't get tired of this, but the most anticipated season of my lifetime. I, I cannot think of a season that is more anticipated than the 2024 Cincinnati Reds. I think that's probably a fair evaluation. I mean, for me, maybe 1991 coming off that world series uh, yeah. was a little, there was, there was a palpable anticipation in the whole city, but you're, you're right. It's been a while, Jeff, since we felt anything like this about any team. And on that note, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks for always making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next episode of Locked on Reds. We are going to spend a little time talking about the 26th man, Jose Barrero, and the opportunity that he has before him to salvage his professional baseball career. We're going to have that for you and a whole lot more. Jeff, what can the folks expect from me and you the rest of the way as we're getting closer and closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting out in Arizona. They can expect us to continue to get everybody ready for the expectations of this team. They can expect us to keep our ear to the ground of any news that may come out of Great American Ballpark, and they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day. Steve? When you when you jumped on a table, did it break? Or, like... That was a stone table. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.